from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hello and welcome to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Victor Vigiani, sitting in for Richard Serrett tonight. He's off on a well-deserved rest. I'm not sure if he's driving towards Kitchener or taking a, a plane to Greece. Not quite sure, but he is earning a well-deserved rest. This evening, we are going to be talking government and UFOs. It's a, um, it's a long road when you talk about disclosure. It really is. We look at disclosure as being something that will open up the gates to the information about the extraterrestrial phenomenon that's engaging the planet. We're not sure exactly what it is. I thought I knew what it was and what it might be, but after 35 years in this field, I've come to the conclusion that I'm not quite sure. And I have a lot of questions about it, what it might mean, not only in the past, what it might have meant back then, or what it means now. But I'm even more confused about what it might mean in the future. And tonight we've got a guest on who is uh, going to help us through that. And he's been around quite a while, and he has a, a certain acuity about this information. And his name is Stephen G. Bassett. He's the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. And Stephen is an exopolitical activist and a leading advocate for ending the 65-year-old government-imposed truth embargo regarding the extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. He is, the, as I said, the executive director of PRG, which will produce a citizen's hearing on disclosure in the year 2013. And Stephen has spoken to audiences all over the planet about the implications of formal disclosure of the extraterrestrial presence. And his advocacy work has been exclusively and extensively covered by media all over the world, both nationally and internationally. So we welcome Stephen G. Bassett to The Conspiracy Show. Stephen, good evening. Victor, it's great to be with you. Just great to hear your voice again, my friend. And uh, uh, it looks like we've got a lot going on coming up. Um, I... Pardon me if I we delay a little bit of talk about the citizen hearings um, for, for just a few moments. I, what I'd like to do is, is is reintroduce you to some of our our um, our uh, I guess listeners who have come on board from many many different affiliates that we've um, gained throughout the United States and Canada. We've got uh, about eight affiliates that have come come on board in New York, Alabama, uh, North Carolina, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I'd, I'd like to sort of um, just it, very briefly, Stephen, just encapsulate initially how you got involved in this and what you what you did to begin uh, PRG and all of the work that you've done uh, in the past leading up to the present. I know that's a, a big mouthful, but just summarize it as best you can. It's not complicated if you uh, boil it down to just a few things. The United States government made a decision that it would withhold a formal acknowledgement of the ET presence from the American people. And it would do it because of national security reasons. These decisions were made during the Truman administration, right after the war. Uh, they were certainly endorsed by the Eisenhower administration. And that decision still remains in place. For many years, it was called the UFO cover-up. Uh, I was never comfortable with that term, and I worked to change that to truth embargo. Not UFO truth embargo 
E.T. Truth Embargo. And it is the goal of the advocacy movement to change that policy, to end that embargo, and affect the announcement of this E.T. presence by the world governments, obviously including the United States. It is really that simple. The goal of the disclosure or advocacy movement is not to explain every component of the ET reality, to uh, suss out every theory that's been put forward, uh, explain the ET agenda, and a thousand other things. Uh, that is going to take a lot of time and a lot of work, uh, uh, particularly once we have access to the government-held information. and. Uh, is, is down the line. Some people get confused. They think that the disclosure movement is going to tell them all the truths about the ET reality. No, it's not. It's designed to do one thing, and that is to get to the United States government and other governments to acknowledge the ET presence as a reality and stop the policy of denial and intervention uh, in, in the process of understanding. So uh, Paradigm Research Group has been working toward that goal for 16 years. I didn't think it would take that long, Victor, but it's not impossible if you look at the history since 1992 to mm -hmm. understand why 20 years after the end of the Cold War, alas, we still don't have disclosure. Um, but we don't. Nevertheless, it's coming. And barring anything profoundly dramatic happening in the world, something extraordinarily disruptive, uh, I have a strong feeling that next year could be it. Uh, I would be a little surprised if, be a lot surprised if the truth embargo could uh, withstand uh, six to nine more months of the onslaught that it is dealing with right now. Well, you you speak of of what um, in one interview that I. Uh, recall uh, listen to you about you speak of a, a bell curve of evidence uh, indicating different kinds of evidence ranging from the absolute prosaic uh, kinds of information in terms of sightings yeah. and so on to the highly exotic reports of you know of you know multiple groups dealing with human beings so you've got a whole range of um, of evidence ranging from the simple to the complex um, how does that fit into uh, attempted to, A, explain what the whole UFO issue is all about, and then moving forward to, to say exactly what you just said, well, we, we, we can't deal with all of the minutiae. We have to deal with the reality of whatever is interacting with us from off-planet. Uh, the, the way to, to look at our present circumstance uh, is, as I described it to you and as you correctly uh, recalled, an enormous amount of information has been gathered uh, since 1947, the the quality and scope of this information was limited by the fact that uh, the truth embargo was in place, and the government was doing what it can to ensure that research organizations, colleges, universities, granting institutions would not engage it, wouldn't provide funding for it, wouldn't teach it in the schools. They certainly did what they could to... Uh, 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 keep the media from from uh, taking the issue to a, a level that would threaten the policy of embargo. Uh, and, of course, they weren't revealing to the general public what they had learned. So this information, therefore, was uh, uh, limited, flawed. 
but it was it was Ameri- the American people and, and other and other uh, citizens of other nations doing the best they could to try to understand what they what they what they were seeing with their own eyes. So they formed organizations like APRO and NICAP and ultimately MUFON and many others. They did their own field investigation. They started their own magazines and journals. They did what they could, but all along the government was moving to block, undermine, obfuscate, and misinform. Um, so. Not surprisingly, 65 years later, what we have is a, a very complex and difficult matrix of information to assess. It's, it's not like looking at the status of, say, quantum physics, mm-hmm. where you're looking at a highly developed science with thousands and thousands of peer-reviewed papers that have built up a matrix of information that has been vetted and reviewed, studied and written about, heavily funded with billions of dollars. And so when you when you look at the the status of quantum uh, physics, you can get a pretty good sense that what we know is strong information, and what we don't know is was well outlined, and we're moving forward and making enormous strides in understanding the quantum nature of the universe as it should be. Mm-hmm. That is not the case with the ET issue. The body of evidence is of course flawed, full of holes, full of disinformation in many cases, and of course underfunded. Uh, developed by people that necessarily don't have extraordinary skills in those areas. And so what you have to do is you have to create a bell curve. Uh, and, uh, and, and the center of that curve is the best possible evidence out there. The stuff that really holds up very, very well has been corroborated uh, uh, numerous times. Witnesses that are particularly strong with well, well-known backgrounds and so forth. And then as you move away from the center of the curve, uh, and most people know what a bell curve is. It's mm-hmm. kind of a hump, and then the, the side mm-hmm. slope down towards uh, asymptotically towards the baseline. The the evidence becomes more problematic. Uh, it, the probability of it being true drops off, and and uh, you have to sort of assess it that way and assign it that way. And so you may hear some theory and and read something on the net, and and if you're you're trying hard, you'll you'll say, look, I give that about a 5% chance of being true. Right. On the other hand, you'll hear something else and go, wow, I feel very strongly that that is very likely true, and I've, and I've seen cooperation and so forth. And so you kind of work with this bell curve. This is awkward. It's not ideal. And consequently, everyone is always, you know, people will have their own assessments of, of certain evidence, and, and one person will consider something a fact, and another person will consider it ludicrous. Mm-hmm. And it makes for a very messy, slow process. That is just the hand we've been dealt. Okay. That is the consequence of the truth embargo when we're doing the best we can to uh, to work with that hand that okay. we've dealt. Let, 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 let's hold it there, Steve. Yeah. yeah, let's yeah. hold it there for a second, Steve. We're going to take a break here. Yeah, we're talking to Stephen G. Bassett, uh, Executive Director of the uh, Paradigm Research Group. And uh, you're listening to The Conspiracy Show. You stay right there. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. My name is Victor Vigiani, sitting in for Richard Serrett uh, this evening. Richard's on a well-deserved break and a bit of a rest. Uh, This show goes far and wide, and we've, uh, here on The Conspiracy Show, been able to gain 
many, many new friends over the past several months. And we would like to say hello to our new friends in Atlanta, Georgia, WIMOAM Radio, and also WBNRAM 1260 in Beacon, New York. And in Kingston, New York, WGHQ AM 920. And also in Peekskill, New York, on WLNA AM 1420. So... Hello to all of our friends in those areas, and we hope that you are enjoying the show. We're talking to Stephen G. Bassett this evening. He is the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group, a group um, necessarily and objectly <laughs> completely dedicated towards the disclosure of the UFO phenomenon uh, as acknowledged by the government. And we're trying to, I guess, assimilate the information and, and try to understand the big issues from the small issues and the kinds of issues that will eventually make this thing crack through the truth embargo, as Stephen G. Bassett describes it. Yeah, Stephen, you, you were talking about uh, earlier, you and I were just looking at the bell curve. And as I know the bell curve, uh, you've got uh, you know the, the high middle and you've got the low ends on both sides. And uh, right. you know, on one side, you've got you know some kinds of, uh, of, you've got the low end and you've got the high end on the other side. Uh, what what do you feel are the major issues, be they you know sightings, be they government documents, be they the black budgets, be they surveillance systems, be they CIA? Where do you feel some of these big issues, or what are some of the big issues that you feel just might make sure that this thing gets eventually cracked open for you? Oh, it's, a, it's a tough question, I know, but you're there, and that's why we're talking to you. <laughs> don't don't try to slice it up that way. No. Um, the um, let, let's let's convert the bell curve into another metaphor. Okay. Let's let's imagine it's a magma chamber, and that hump in the bell curve is represents a building uh, chamber of, of hot magma driven up from the center of the earth. Okay. And as the as the quality evidence continues to amass in that chamber. It's pushing up, pushing up, and eventually it breaks, breaks through, and, and that, that's the end of the truth embargo. It's the sum in total of all of the evidence, information, and public awareness, and the, the small-D disclosure process that's been going on for all these years, building, 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 until finally the, the crust, I guess you could say, of, of uh, constraint, um, societal peer pressure, and, of course, the government and truth embargo policy, simply can't contain it any longer. It just explodes. You have like a volcano of truth. And that's that's the, that's the way to look at it. And, and um, uh, the evidence on the uh, to the left and the right of the curve that's less uh, substantive is mm -hmm. going to have less impact. It's the good stuff in the middle. Um, and that's accumulating all the time. The, um, the trigger mechanism, though, I think, will probably be the media. I think that the government is so tied up on this issue that without significant outside pressure, it's going to just keep putting it off and putting it off, as it's doing with many other issues. And this is true of the United States, and I think it's true of some other countries as well. And that pressure is going to be a media storm. It's not going to be a lot of letters to the Congress or the President. It's not going to be uh, demonstrations. It's going to be a media storm. This, this, the truth embargo is very, very vulnerable. It's weak. The rationale for it is really eroded. The logic of the denials is offensive, if not insulting, to the intelligence of any reasonable person. Uh, in uh, October of last year, the, the White House put out a written statement, the first time ever, 
uh, about the ET issue in which it remarkably stated there was no evidence at all for any life outside the planet or any, any engagement of the planet by life, by intelligent life, and, and, and even more, that there's no evidence whatsoever. I mean, whatsoever that the government has hidden anything from the people. This is such a remarkable statement that I, that, and it was a gift, of course, to the advocacy movement, that um, I wonder even to this day if the Obama administration didn't deliberately do that, knowing full well that it would probably advance the disclosure process, motivate us to come at them, motivate us to push forward, but without acknowledging anything. In other words, they take the hard line, the ultra-hard line, and that actually helps us. So they might have been giving us a, a present there intentionally. I don't know. Maybe one day we'll find out. But that, that was issued October of last year. Mm-hmm. In the petition, uh, right? Yeah, well, it was the response to the first disclosure petition that mm-hmm. PRG submitted to the White House We the People Project. So, again, the bell curve is pressing up underneath these constraints. This magma chamber is going to give at any time. I don't think it'll last through next year. Um, and that brings us to the citizen hearing. And, and, and this is cool because we'll make a... I'll, I'll kind of show you how these the dynamics uh, that I've just discussed come together beautifully, and, and that's part of the chess game that we're playing with the government, which I think we're starting to win. What PRG is, is about to do, after many years of trying to make this happen, it was just it couldn't get the funding for it, originally conceived this in 2000, very late 2000 or 2001, a website went up uh, a, a while later, was up for a number of years, nothing happened, couldn't get any funding. Eventually, I sort of shelved that website took all the external links to it from my sites out, and I then proceeded in the background to try to fund the project in a different way. And 19 months after starting that that effort, we have succeeded. What did we do? We took the concept of the citizen hearing, and rather than trying to fund it with an outright grant of 300000 we built it into a documentary project in which a theatrical quality documentary would be built around the citizen hearing with additional material and narrative. Uh, with a budget of about 1.1 million and went out and funded that. And just recently we got full funding for the project of 1.1 million. So that allows the citizen hearing to go forward. That is a great blessing. It is the, uh, uh, the, the sum and bonum of, of PRG's advocacy to date without question. And this is it. Um, it was announced, there's just an announcement out now. There's an announcement site up. Uh, one-page announcement site up at Citizen Hearing, that's singular, citizenhearing.org, uh, where you can get, you can see the, the date, the time, and location, all that. But the main website for this will not go up until early January. But what is stated there is simply this, that for five days, from April 29 to May 3, PRG is going to bring in to Washington, D.C., 40 of the strongest witnesses out there on disclosure. That, that can address the issue of disclosure. Many of these will be government agency witnesses with first-hand or powerful second-hand uh, testimony regarding events and evidence uh, surrounding the ET reality. It will be the largest concentration of high-level witnesses ever brought together. It will go on for five days, and there will be 30 hours of testimony and Q&A in the main ballroom of the press club 
which will be configured to look as much like a Senate hearing room as possible, using the Senate Hart Senate hearing room as a model. And this testimony will be presented to five former members of the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate, who will be there to to conduct this hearing exactly as if as possible, as if it was a real Senate hearing. Um, the protocols. The procedures, everything will be uh, designed to mimic a real Senate hearing. And this testimony will be filmed from every possible angle by the documentary team in both 3D and 2D. And the entire 30 hours of test, actually 40 hours, because you know, there'll be things going on during the breaks, will be live streamed to the world over the Internet. That gives you a sense of the scope of this. Uh, let me go further. The, there will be simultaneous headphone translation in at least three languages, French, Spanish, and Portuguese, and possibly Russian, so that we will not have a language barrier to uh, witnesses coming in. In other words, we may have a very strong witness out there, but they do not have command of English. We will then be providing simultaneous translation to the 300 audience that will be able to, to, to attend this, they wish, and of course to the, the live stream audience around the world. It is and will be the largest disclosure event ever held, and it is my view that it will be so strong that it will reach what, what you could think of as a critical mass and generate a... Uh, Reaction. My sense is that, reaction. yeah, the the, the, the yeah, the, the individuals that you're going to be having come forward, the witnesses. That that's one thing. Uh, let, let, can we just spend a moment on the um, the, the the Senate people or the the, the the citizen hearing group that will receive the testimony? A, uh, right. where did you get them from? Uh, can you name names yet, or their positions uh, and their recept level of receptivity about about this? And how did you come about? All of that is going to be put together, Victor, over the next weeks and even two months. Uh, I won't be able to discuss any names, of course, until they are formally on board. But there are, I, I estimate, I, I don't know the exact number. There may be two thousand former members of the House and Senate out there. Mm-hmm right now. So I'm not really concerned about finding five that will want to participate in this. Right. I can't say this, that they're not going to be selected on some personal, favorable personal view on the ET issue. Not at all. Okay. Um, I think I am going to be looking for former members who have committee experience on what I would consider strong, strongly relevant committees, like Armed services, intelligence, uh, NASA space, um, these kind of committees um, would be uh, would be nice. Uh, so we're going to be looking for people with that with that kind of background that that served on those kind of committees uh, because their knowledge base is, is helpful. But they will be coming in to 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 act as the as as the role of information gatherer within the within the congressional hearing process, which is what hearings are for. They have become kabuki theater. They've become overly scripted and predictable, and there's too much advance screening, and the whole thing becomes like a partisan show where you set up this hearing, and then one side presses their case, and the right. other side presses their case, and the witnesses are almost irrelevant. 
and that's another reason why Congress has become ineffective and, and people have lost confidence in it. Uh, we're not going to be doing that. Uh, the, 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 what, what a congressional hearing is supposed to do is to bring out information that would be useful not only to the Senate and House of Representatives members to uh, uh, make decisions about legislation, uh, but also inform their constituents, who then could inform them about what they think about what they ought to do regarding legislation based on that information. Because under the hearing process, people are brought in, and they, they are required to testify to facts, the relevant facts regarding the hearing under oath. Would you entertain a possibility? Yeah. Would you entertain a possibility within those hearings that members of the public who have a certain uh, vested interest or even interest in, in this as a as a just as a person within the within the American framework to come forward and, and make demands uh, from the people that are sort of heading the hearings? No, I I, I don't know. Uh, I uh, I will say that this event is so powerful that. It's, it, it's very possible between now and April the 29th, we may see some of the real opponents of disclosure, of the disclosure process, step out from out of the shadows into the light mm-hmm. um, uh, or out from behind false faces and exercise, I guess, their uh, right of free speech and uh, action to hinder or thwart this process. It would not surprise me, but... Whatever it's going to happen, regardless. Um, I, I just, yeah, I just uh, find it difficult to believe that anyone could come forward and say, "No, I don't want any open discourse about any issue at all." I just find that a very undemocratic well, they would, way. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. What they would do is just create problems. I mean, mm-hmm. they would they would just start creating problems for the for the event for the process for PRG to either slow it down or undermine it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to be looking for that very carefully. But I, I wouldn't be surprised because this, this thing is a big deal. And this is the kind of thing that, in other words, the opponents of disclosure, if you're doing something that really can impact disclosure, I don't care. But when you actually get something that's uh, capable of, of shifting the paradigm, then that, that's when they, they would likely turn up. So we'll see about that. But um, um, one of the things that really excites me as we move toward this this citizen hearing, which could, could we, yeah, yeah. Steve, yeah, Steve, could we get back to that just after the break here? I, I, yeah, sure. The thing that excites you, yeah. Okay, let's just take a break here, and we'll come back with Stephen G. Bassett, executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. Don't go away. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. I do believe that disclosure will trigger very possibly the greatest era of reform in history because of the the fact that the world's attention will suddenly be focused pretty much in the same direction and that everything sort of is tossed up in the air. Everything goes on the table suddenly, which happens once in a while. And you're going to see literally a systemic, I think, spectral uh, reform that will be staggering in its uh, in its size and scope. Now, will it lead us to wonderful things? Will it all work out? I don't know. But I know that the opportunity is there. 
That is the voice of Stephen G. Bassett, Executive Director of the Paradigm Research Group. And we are fortunate enough to have him on the line from Los Angeles, California. And just before the break, Steve, you mentioned uh, what excites you about this. Um, I just want to inject something here that excites me about it, because uh, you mentioned in many of your interviews the the, um, the concept of the secret empire and the, the classified reality that uh, the Washington Post, I think, sort of alluded to with the number of people that are entering into this the secretive clearance aspect of all of this, the top, exceeding one million people. And you also talk about yeah. the, the black ops world, and you talk Talk about surveillance systems and underground facilities and ETs among us. All of this stuff, quote unquote stuff, um, is going to come out at some point. So, how, how do you plan to, um, to 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 step into all of that, or step around it, or address it head on? In addition to uh, extending your your idea about what excites you about this, it's a, it's, a, it's a mouthful of a question, but I know you're you're good enough to answer both parts. Well. I, I, it's not going to be me, uh, per se, not just simply me in, in, in dealing with that. The whole world is going to address the, uh, the, the big picture or, uh, as it unfolds in the post-disclosure world. And we're going to learn a great deal about a great deal. Uh, and uh, I believe the, uh, an age of reform will be triggered that will be rather remarkable. But the entire world will be involved. I mean, PRG will certainly want to be uh, part of the, that engagement, and I have ideas for how I'd like to operate in the, in the post-disclosure world and things I'd like to do, and, and I'm building up some relationships and and maybe the groundwork for some organizations that would operate in the post-disclosure world, but that's just one small part of what would be a global engagement. Um, so, and again, we could, we, as you say, we could... We, and 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 have done many shows on the subject of post-disclosure world, but it's a, that's a huge, vast subject. Uh, it's fascinating to be sure, and worthy of lots of debates and discussions on university campuses. Should universities not have their uh, hands tied by their their government uh, mm-hmm. and, and unwilling to address this issue, with a very very rare exception, which is an intellectual uh, tragedy and, and uh, a scandal, really, but. These things happen, and they've happened before. Um, but going into the uh, citizen hearing on disclosure between now and April 29, what really has me excited is this. I'm fairly confident that there are many, scores, more likely hundreds, of high-level witnesses who are by and large, retired from either the military, the uh, intelligence community, or political life, who have significant information relevant to the extraterrestrial presence, and they have been sitting on the fence for years, unable to make the decision to come forward because they did not see a venue that was strong enough, comfortable enough for them to step into. And so they have simply remained on the fence. And my hunch is, is that as the word gets out, as this thing shapes up, um, that some of these individuals who may be very well known with irrefutable credentials 
may decide this is the venue, and they may approach PRG and say, I'm interested in, in testifying at this citizen hearing. If that happens, then the event will be taken to another level. But even without that, uh, the goal of the event is to create a chain reaction in the media by bringing enough testimony together and enough witnesses over a long period of time and create, again, that critical mass. Uh, and the dynamic that I was referring to works out beautifully because what you will have during those days leading, you know, the days leading up to and immediately after the citizen hearing is, on the one hand, you will have the White House statement of October 22nd that has been... You know, it's sitting on the White House website now. I mean, you can go to the whitehouse.gov, go to We the People, check the uh, responses, and, and then look for the response to the disclosure petition. Yeah, the no uh, evidence. The, yeah, the no evidence statement. And you can read it. It's right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Okay, it's Steve. Been up there for yeah. a year. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's take a very quick break here because I do want to come back. We've got... Uh, about 15 or 20 minutes left. We're talking with uh, Stephen G. Bassett, Executive Director of the Paradigm Research Group, about his citizens' hearing process or exposure that he's going to be, uh, I guess, providing a, a conference for people to come forward and talk. And uh, it sounds like a very, very uh, interesting enterprise, and we know that it's, it could very well be the backbreaker uh, about the, the truth embargo. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Victor Vigiani, sitting in for Richard Serrett tonight. And it's great to have you with us. Um, we're talking with Stephen G. Bassett here on the radio from... I think you're, he's in L.A., uh, someplace either on the side of the road or in a nice, comfortable place. Not exactly sure where, but uh, the signal has uh, really got nice and clear, and uh, it's great to talk to Stephen. Um, he, we're, we're talking about the Citizens Hearing uh, Conference that's coming up in, in April, and we do have one caller on the line that I'd like to bring in uh, here, uh, Michael from Thornhill. Michael, you're on the, uh, the Conspiracy Show. Good evening, Stephen. I'm one of the people that have been signing your petitions. I sign them voluntarily, but, but I, have, I do have concerns because of what I personally experienced and, and uh, what you're proposing is, is very straightforward to the people. I agree, but, but I wonder if it's too much too fast. I mean, yeah, I know that UFOs exist. I had an experience with them and that lasted close to 15 minutes, and my God, the, the Air Force showed up, did low-flow flybys. <laughs> this was no little, little light in, in the night sky, and, and uh, it affected me very deeply. I mean, this this was not a, a two-minute or a two-second sighting, and this was almost 15 minutes, and it affected me to the point where, well, I can actually say it changed my life. And, and I think that's a little harsh on anybody to have their life changed within 15 minutes. And uh, I, I'm aware of this place called Hesdalen in Norway, where they've been studying phenomena that 
bounces off radar and can be seen with the naked eye, can be recorded at speeds that go to the thousands, if not tens of thousands, I believe they said tens of thousands of miles or kilometers per hour within an instant. So this phenomenon exists and it's been documented. I, I totally agree with Hesdale and, and with my own senses. I, I know what I saw. Yeah, so Michael, I guess you're saying that you're, you're a little troubled by the, the suddenness or the, the, the largeness of the, um, of the, of the disclosure and it may be too fast. I guess, Stephen, how do you feel that some people may react to this whole disclosure as something being a little bit too much too soon? How do you react to that, Steve? Well, I'll be very frank. The last 65 years, it's been too little, too slow. We're way behind the curve. The fact is that I've talked with scores of contactees, and I believe there are millions of contactees out there who've had experiences, in some cases, going on their whole life since they were a child. And yeah, it's traumatic. Uh, it can be traumatic. Certainly, it's life-changing. And, but it's even more difficult to deal with when the government that you are living under and pay for are denying that anything is going on at all. Mm -hmm. And so disclosure is going to make it easier for those that are having these experiences, not worse. Uh, it's going to make it easier for them to talk about it. It's going to make it possible to start investigating the phenomena. It may even bring an end to the contact, which is not consensual. Right. So I'm afraid that uh, yeah. I must, uh, you know, quite simply disagree and feel that not only disclosure needs to happen, not... Right. On another tangent, yeah, another tangent completely. Yeah, Steve, on another tangent completely. Um, let's look at just for a second here, just a bit of a few different lenses here for a second. What's going on in the Middle East right now with the, the Palestinian situation? And uh, I guess their, uh, you know, the difficulties that are going on there in the, in Gaza, in, in Syria. And all of the, the, I guess the, like the, the millennia long, uh, dysfunction that's going on in that part of the world. And then you take a look at, at other parts uh, in terms of you know the repression of, of civil rights in China and all the number of geopolitical issues that are going on on the planet. And, you, 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 you know, there's so many going on, you really can't describe them all. When you take a look at the lens of disclosure and if you put, you put that lens over all of those geopolitical situations that are going on, uh, do, do you sense that those kinds of situations will become will, will become a back seat? Will they be looked at differently? Will people shake their heads and say, "Listen, we have to pay attention to these other realities"? How do you see all of those other situations resolving or being interpreted through the lens of disclosure, as powerful as it will be? Well, the answer to your question is yes, but it would take several hundred books to describe how disclosure would affect the geopolitical realities of the planet Earth circa 2013. Probably several hundred more to describe or at least try to uh, calculate or, or, or theorize as to mm -hmm. the impact of the, of the process itself leading up to disclosure. Um, let's simplify it. There are a lot of problems in the world. There always have been problems in the world. And the human race has dealt with them under a certain worldview, a, a collective worldview, a paradigm. And we've seen where it's led us. Um, so we have a choice. 
we can continue to have these problems and deal with them the way we've been dealing with everything in the past uh, and reap the consequences, because it's pretty predictable where things are going under the current paradigm and worldview with respect to the, the issues that you raised and a million others. Mm-hmm. Or we can we can do what may ha- uh, we can take steps that may allow us to change the paradigm altogether, to change the worldview substantially, and actually start viewing these things from a different through a different lens, from a different perspective. And that's exactly what disclosure will do. It is a game changer. It's a worldview changer. It's a paradigm shift, the biggest ever. And we will reassess things. And I think once that assessment reassessment begins is when the re- age of reform begins. Um, Maybe it'll start with a secret empire. Um, people are going to be wanting to re- reform that, alter that in many ways because it's gotten too big, too powerful, too secret, whatever. And it'll spread from there into every other institution you can imagine, including finance and religion and, and so forth. But once it gets going and once people... And, 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 and even the institutions of this world see the benefits, also see the energy behind it. They're going to want to participate. They're going to feed off that energy. And it's just going to snowball. Hopefully not the revolution. You know, revolution is basically that. It's when, when the need for change and the shift becomes so great that dramatic and draconian measures are taken. We want to go there. I'm talking about the age of reform, not the age of revolution. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and that only, the only door that I see out of the box that we have created for ourselves as a species of 7.5 billion or whatever it is now, having taxed the limits of the environment, the limits of our social conscious, the limits of our strategic abilities, and the male-dominated paradigm of governance, you're taxed at the limit. It doesn't work anymore. It can't solve anything. And we're seeing the breakdown everywhere. In the financial world, in, in religious uh, disputes, in environmental degradation, and on and on and on. Everything's breaking down. Okay, fine. It doesn't mean that individuals can't still live very well. Mm-hmm. They can. But on a collective basis, the species is heading for the crapper. So uh, the, only, the only door out of this box I see that has any chance of getting us out of this box is uh, disclosure, the knowledge of the ET presence. And then from there, uh, all things are possible. And that's how I view it. That's a simple way of looking at an incredibly complex and deep issue that, 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 that thousands of scholars will have the whole rest of the 20, 21st century to, mm-hmm. to write about, and you can bet that they will. But right now we just have to focus on getting the, the prize, and the prize is ending this truth embargo. Uh, so that the, the reality of ET presence is no longer deb- denied by the very governments that we pay for. And then on, on top of the, that realization, when that realization does get laid upon the general public, I'm talking the global, you know, geopolitical consciousness of the planet, be it, uh, you know, through consciousness or, or, or however it disseminates, uh, m- my estimation about that kind of thing would be that it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, we're breathing a different air. We're breathing a different kind of, a quality of, of, of life that's going to bring some different kind of realizations to people. And exactly what you're saying is to reassess virtually 
everything that we do on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment. Because I'm always accosted by people and say, well, what the hell difference does it make to me whether there's extraterrestrials or not? And I have a really big difficulty dealing with that and not explaining or trying to convince people. But I just don't understand the mindset of people who say it's really not going to make any big difference in my day-to-day life. You don't need to understand it, Victor. They'll figure it out on their own in good time. The disclosure process of movement is not about persuading every person, one after another after another, as to yeah. what they ought to know and what they ought to think. No. Mm-hmm. It's to move forward under an organized effort to achieve a certain goal. And, uh, and, and those who get it will come on board, and those who don't will hold off. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Just don't, 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 don't fret about it. And let's, let's focus back on the hearing, and, and let me tell you something that will happen, and it's, it's, and it's planned that way. Yeah, we've got about two minutes left. We've got about two minutes left. In those four days from the 20, 29th of April to May 3, right. you're going to have hundreds of editors and reporters and publishers and news uh, uh, directors and so forth. On the one hand, watching this testimony coming out at the National Press Club in this hearing, not a conference, in this hearing, this congressional, Senate, I mean, citizen hearing. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to look over at the, uh, they're going to look at the White House statement of October 22nd. There is no evidence of any life outside the planet or any engagement by life of this planet. And there is no evidence of the government hiding anything. And then they'll come back to the testimony and back to that statement. And it will be patently obvious to all of them that, of course, the statement by the White House is totally false. And I think some few of them are going to say enough is enough is enough. And they're going to send out reporters to ask the appropriate questions of the appropriate people. And by that, I mean the Secretary of Defense. Well, the former Secretary of Defense, Hillary Clinton, by then, uh, former President Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. possibly the current Secretary of Defense, Leon Panetta, the head of the Center for American Progress, John Podesta, and on and on and on. And they're going to send them out with the idea, ask the question, and demand an answer. And don't just buckle under if you get a funny look. For sure. And if they don't get an answer, ask them again. If you don't get it, ask them again. And For when sure. that starts, you yeah. will see a feeding frenzy mm-hmm. amongst the media develop, and the truth embargo will be finished. Well, I'll tell you something, Stephen. You've launched something that I hope it's, it seems like you've, you've grabbed a, a sidewinder missile by the tail. And uh, I, I hope that, uh, and I really, really hope that this, this thing takes off in the way that I, that I know you want it to, because I understand how you're compelled to do this. And that we do congratulate you on this initiative, and we want to stand by and watch it uh, take off. Uh, any other, just very quickly, um, you know, when it comes up, any, you just go to your website, check it out. Uh, you'll be publishing things soon. Citizenhearing.org, um, the website, the full website will go up in early January, okay. paradigmresearchgroup.org, of mm-hmm. course, to track other things. Great. Um, much is coming. Uh, people should start getting excited. Uh, this is, we're in, the, I think, the last days, the last months of this embargo. Happy December 21st. I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> for sure. Stephen, thank you very much for being with us this evening, and we'll stay in right. touch with you, and we'll see how things go, and... Uh, Congratulations uh, on this, this initiative. Good night, my friend. You're welcome. Good night. Stephen G. Bassett, uh, Executive Director of the Paradigm Research Group and Citizens Hearings, coming up in April. And uh, if you want to check that out, you can check it out on my website, Zeland Communications. Just Google that. We will be following up with Stephen on it, so you can find that out through my website also. Um, it's been a great show. Thank you very much for staying with us this evening. Richard will be back. He'll be joining you next week on The Conspiracy Show. And my name is Victor Vigiani. I'll leave you with one thought. Let's just think about this. UFOs are real. The government knows it. But why aren't they telling you?